Hello and welcome to another episode of Truth, Justice, and Ian Hanway. My name is Ian Hand, and oh my god, I've been having quite some time. At least it's not as disastrous with his uh, virtual DJ as it was last time. I did realize that the first like two minutes of the show was just echoey because I had the speakers uh, all the way turned up. And I was realizing, I'm like, wow, I'm a lot louder than I was expecting to be, right? Instead, I was just like, oh, damn it, I have my stupid freaking uh, speakers on. Isn't that freaking embarrassing? Anyway, I do want to say that it has been quite a fun time here at AP Radio. We are having a great, grand old time. And I just want to mention that it has been quite an adventure. This Especially the first weekend of summer coming upon us. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the really clear skies we were all hoping for, but hopefully it's not going to be a whole thunderstorm. It will be nice in the 70s, but unfortunately we do have some rain, but obviously things can change, but I don't know how much of a change it's going to be if the storms are coming, the storms are coming. At the end of the day, I'm still kind of upset I don't have a current proper position, but at the same time, I am not working at Home Depot during Memorial Day. I can give you a whole million reasons why I really did not enjoy that crap, am I right? Honestly, I was just more so just, oh my god, like, all those people at Home Depot during Memorial Day. It sucked, I'm not gonna lie. And, um, just, it's just like, people just don't know, like, that these, that us workers are just so overworked at a Home Depot. Honestly, I'm just really, like, happy that I'm not there, but unfortunately, poor Josh will be probably spending his entire weekend there, and that's gotta suck. Um, it doesn't suck nearly as much as the consistent um, basis of not having a position of anything that pays you. So, basically, I'm just lovely doing my uh, community service here on AP Radio, getting two shows on the way. So, today is going to be more so just a little fun, little stuff. Um, First of all, I kind of just want to bring up the <clears throat> lovely little thing I've been doing this week, and since I have nothing else really going on, um, I, I spiked the hell out of my phone uh, last Saturday, and it's been quite an adventure to not have a phone. For anyone out there who always thinks like, oh, I'm kind of upset and I kind of want to just take it out on my phone, never do that. Um, I, I already smacked and broke the crap out of my phone like twice in this year. The first was around the end game ticket purchasing, and I basically spiked the hell out of my phone, and I broke the screen, something I never, ever did in my life. And basically, I had to deal with a crappy broken screen for, like, I don't know, hmm, at least a couple months. Yeah, like around, uh, yeah, but for at least a month or so, because I think they came out on sale in March, and they were, and the movie came out in April. Yeah, so, like, around March. So now, I also have, uh, jeez. So, yeah, then uh, this Saturday, I was going on Amazon customer service, and they have this really fun little specific kind of thing, like, Oh, type in your number within this format, but it wouldn't actually, you know, autocorrect to that format. So then it was just all like, I guess you know how it has like the one plus and then, a, then the 219 and the hyphens and stuff like that pre-installed hyphens, but they were really broken and they weren't working. So I just had, instead of having, I had the whole phone number where the one should be going for the U.S. code because they, well, I wanted them to call me because they didn't have a toll-free number. And then if I scrolled down, they would have. So I would have saved myself this entire ordeal. However, I kind of spiked it like a football because I just was getting so frustrated and everyone else in my family was kind of in a bad mood. So it kind of just spread to me. 
which has kind of been my entire life uh, since uh, last Thanksgiving. So yeah, it's been a really fun almost six, about six months, six months of me dealing with unnecessary amounts of anger. Anyway, besides that, I've been just waiting for my new phone and currently I'm where I'm using my sister's and my mom's phone, but more so my sister's than anything. And it's kind of fun to have a uh, 16 year old boy as my uh, home screen. So I have to basically look both ways and behind me to make sure that no one sees that I have like a 16 year old boy on my home screen. And I can say all day long, it's my sister's and like, you don't have really any easy way out of it. I can definitely tell you there's no easy way out because it's like, Oh, why is there a small child on your uh, phone? I'm like, Oh, it's my sister's. Where's your phone? Oh, I broke it out of rage. So she's actually letting me borrow it because she's in high school right now. And her phone in her school frowns upon having phones out. I could say that, and I'm probably going to say that, but obviously you don't want to have that conversation in the first place. I still remember uh, one of the funniest stories that ever happened to me was uh, Josh, um, fellow lizard licker, and I. Years, years ago, he was definitely going through that emo phase, and he was wearing like super skinny jeans. And I swear to God, he did one of the funniest things to me ever. I had to tell him we had to stop at Bath and Body Works because I had to, you know, get some stuff for my mom and my sister for Christmas, and I got some spending money, even though I didn't have a car at the time. And there was this really cute cashier, because every girl at frickin' Bath and Body Works is cute. I don't know why. Yeah, only hire cute people. Like, I think that's kind of a little bit of a stereotype right there, because everyone at Bath and Body Works, it's like everyone smells good, everyone looks good. Basically wondering why you're in there, Ian. I mean, I like to smell good. I might not look good, but I smell good. That is something you can definitely put a mark on there. And so I get to the cashier, um, and Josh is like, come on, honey, we got to get to the car. And he just walks away, like, super, like, feminine. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, he just totally just annihilated any chance of me talking to this girl. Like, even though she was out of my league, she had a boyfriend probably. Or she even had a girlfriend who knew at the time. It was a pretty uh, wild time when I was 18. And I was trying to be like, oh, okay, he's just my buddy. We're not together. And she just would not believe me. She was just like, yeah, okay, it's no big deal. I'm like, oh, god damn it. She thinks it's like, oh, you don't have to be shy about your gayness. And again, it's like, I'm totally fine with people who are gay. I am totally okay with it. My, uh, I know a lot of people who are, so... I'm just not. I just don't like being uh, accused of something that I'm not, even if it's something that's not a big deal. If someone told me that, hey, Ian, you're not Irish, or it's like, hey, are you just a white guy? It's like, no, I'm Irish. I really don't want to be considered just white. Just because I am Caucasian, I am very pale-skinned for being, obviously, an Irish person. Irish and white have always been kind of, like, at odds with each other, so I don't want to say that I'm white when I clearly am Irish. I know what side of the winning, I know what side of the poll I'm on, so don't have to tell me twice that I don't want to try to pretend I'm someone I'm not. So besides that whole little fun little story about just funny things that happened to me and just all around embarrassments that I have to explain myself out of really ridiculous situations aside, I am playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 11 since that's kind of all I'm doing besides just um, looking for work. So I've been having basically putting almost 50 hours into the game, which is almost half of what I paid for. I uh, got this really interesting uh, information from an old friend of mine who I forgot who he got it from. 
but the um, idea was that if you play, if you buy a game, the price tag of the game should equivalent to as many hours as you want to put into the game. And I honestly think that's a really interesting way to look at it, in my personal opinion. Because, like, if you sink, I don't know, a hundred bucks, like I did in the Mortal Kombat 11, you should probably get about a hundred hours worth of entertainment out of it. And since I'm already halfway there, just about maybe three or four minutes shy off of 50 hours, unfortunately, that does not count for all the uh, cosmetic and uh, customization and the crypt, because I think I can obviously squeeze out another five or six hours each from those, because I did a lot of time in customization and just a lot of time just screwing around with it. But I think it only counts for game time, which is like arcades versus online and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it does not count for the crypt. I think that's kind of a shame because I really actually like the uh, the idea of like, hey, that would totally count towards your game time because basically I'm just basically saying that maybe I have about 60 hours into the game and my uh, ultimate goal is to kind of get that far before, you know, like the DLC comes out because like the DLC, all the character passes and anything else that they might may or may not add during that DLC time period. I kind of want it just to be like, okay, I got this. I got that all done. Cause like, Shao Kahn is like the last thing of the base game because like even if you pre-order the game Shao Kahn comes with it and he's a character I also have been playing a lot of because I want to justify the idea that like I want to get as much play time out of this game as possible and if I sunk in about 50 hours with playing a little bit of my friends a lot of crypts grinding a lot of gear grinding and a lot of character towers in general I've been having a lot of fun with the game and like you would think it would get kind of boring after a while, and surprisingly, it actually hasn't. It's actually become a lot of fun, and I've actually enjoyed playing it still. And I think that's the one thing about fighting games is that, like, okay, well, I sunk so much time into Street Fighter, and I think I barely played any of the offline stuff. And I still think I probably sunk in maybe about 100 hours into that, even though I paid, like, a lot of money from all the, you know, the stages and the stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, sometimes you got to justify 10 hours of fucking um, playing on one stage because you paid $10 because you're a freaking idiot. In some cases, yeah, that's true. <coughs> but honestly, it's like, at the, end, at the end of the day, I'm not going to really care about every single one. But I think for future reference, it's something that I might make more of a conscious effort towards. Because, like, if I ever bought the Borderlands uh, Handsome Collection, something I've actually been thinking about, because, you know, I really want people, I really want to start playing that game again, and the Hands and Collections just got everything that I really want, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I can do that, because I can obviously sink way more hours into both of those games, because those games are just notoriously long, and just really, like, heavily built on grinding. And I have a lot of fun playing that game, so I might go try it out, and might play different characters. It really kind of depends on what, you know, jelly's my jam, you know what I mean? Um... At the at the uh, basis of it, I'm basically saying that like maybe that should just be some like piece of advice that anyone who wants to get into gaming or anything, because like I'm still trying to find justification to my Switch, and I'm just really happy I didn't buy that at all for myself. And uh, I'm kind of just sitting there like, okay, well, hmm, I play I haven't played Smash in like I feel like um, since March, honestly. And May's almost over, so it's been almost like a solid two months. 
I'm really happy I didn't get the character pass. I'm happy I didn't have any money for it because I was like, okay, yeah, Joker's a thing. Who cares? I didn't want. I didn't want Joker. I mean, it's cool that people have him, and it was more just like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I guess. Whatever. So I think that's just something that's a really fun, cool rule. And I might be implementing that more when it comes to, like, other gaming shows and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of really cool games that just got, like, announced. And, like, they're more like collections, and I'm more of a collector kind of guy now. There are some, uh, plenty of collections that I'm still uh, wanting to get, like, the Capcom beat-em-up bundle that has all those really fun side-scroller beat-em-ups that I can obviously sink in 20 hours into. I think just Final Fight alone. Even though the game takes maybe less than an hour to beat, but play that shit 20 times, it'd be great. Um, what I do absolutely uh, like is the fact that there's another uh, Castlevania collection coming out. I, last year, I got the Round of Blood slash Symphony of the Night collection. And it was honestly a super cool uh, collection, even though I'm really terrible at the Castlevania games. I still had a ton of fun playing them. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, I saw the new one. I think the first, like, four, plus, like, Kid Dracula, of all things, is on there. So that's something I kind of want to think about getting if I actually want to do that. I get all the hard, plat- some of the hardest platformers in freaking history and be like, I totally beat them. Even though I haven't actually beaten a single boss in Round of Blood, I think if I get, like, the original Castlevanias under my belt, and I'll be like, yes, let's go to the harder ones. Because A Round of Blood is actually pretty difficult, and Symphony of the Night is a, an amazing video game, but damn, is it really hard to play. So that's coming kind of just my overall thing. Again, like, you have to justify, like, if they're all, if it's a $40 freaking collection, you gotta think, like, okay, can I spend 10 hours per game? I doubt that. But if it's, like, 20 bucks, I think I can easily spend 20, 20 hours into this entire collection. It's all about the idea that, like, if I want to start spending time into it and be like, will I actually get X hours into it? Because I did that with the Arkham series. Both times I probably bought them, I probably have sunk over hundreds of hours into that game just from, you know, the challenge maps, the collect-a-thons, the actual games and stories on different difficulties. And just anytime I want to go back to it and just have a fun time playing this game. Honestly, I love these freaking games. I love those. And also the Spider-Man game that came out. Bar, not even like counting the DLC, I probably just play a whole bunch of it. Play probably play a full month of the game, just swinging around. Like I can just spend like hours, just you know, beating up thugs and just having a fantastic time. I mean, I can play the story a million times and be like, even when there's some slower parts, it's still a fun and overall great experience. And I think Insomniac really outdid themselves. And I think I spent like eighty dollars on that one, so it was like I got probably eighty hours clocked in on it. If I don't, I'd be very surprised, but. Between all the stuff I had to do and all the stuff I wanted to do, I had probably almost close to there. If not, that I can just keep playing the story a million times and be like, eventually I'll get my money's worth. But I feel like I got my money's worth plenty of times over. I mean, it took me like about two or three days to be the game, and I probably played that thing non-fucking-stop. So, at least almost 36, almost 40 hours, let's just say, it was pretty much spent into the game, and that was just the story itself. And then, um... Then getting all the side missions taken care of was probably another, like, 20 or 30, so, like, probably already got enough of there. And that's not counting the City That Never Sleeps, that awesome DLC pack that I think everyone should give another chance. I think I really liked it. It wasn't the greatest and wasn't the most fluid story for DLC, but it was actually pretty fun, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I was anticipating. 
And I think that I think everyone can just agree that to get your money's worth out of everything. I know it's probably hard to do that. Like, okay, well, you buy a $10 movie ticket. And at most movies are two and a half hours long. So it's like, how many times do you have to watch? Like, do you have to have the movie be replayed for you five times before you feel like you get your money's worth out of that ticket? I spent $24 on Infinity War. I'm sorry, on Endgame. And I'm like, okay, this is a three hour movie. Technically, they're only 10 bucks per person, but like with tax and stuff like that, came out to like almost 25 bucks. I mean, it wasn't really my money to spend. It was a gift card. So I really didn't feel that bad. Someone told me like, hey, just use it. It's your gift card. I think that was kind of the thing. I feel like it just translates the best over to stuff like that, which is why I'm not much of a movie goer. And I think that's pretty much the main reason I'm not on Tobo is because I don't want to like spend money on uh, becoming a movie member for theaters and stuff. Like I'm not much of a guy who likes to go to the movies. I really went like maybe like once or twice a year and I was for superhero movies. And um, until like I get a trailer for the next Venom movie after far from home, I probably might not go to a movie theater probably ever. Uh, Cause there's some movies I want to watch, but they're more like these independent stuff or just stuff that, you know, aren't really mainstream. Like I really want to see that Robert Redford movie, uh, the old man with the gun, which is considered to be his last performance, even though he did show up in end game for like 30 seconds. It was something probably like the obviously feeling that probably right before he did the old man with the gun or around that same time frame. And he was probably like, just stop by for like a minute or two. And he'd be like, okay, I did it. Whichever the case may be. And it was probably like, that would be pretty fun. I just kind of tie all that continuity together. God, Avengers Endgame is a lot of fun, but I don't know. I'd love to say that that was just, you know, a pretty claustrophobic movie at some times. So yeah, we're, wow, I'm just kind of just rambling today. I think this is going to be just a nice little ramble episode, but I think I want to close out the first half of this by talking about something that I think is kind of important, and I think it's the new character for, new casting, character casting for the Batman. And I just want to go on a limb here and say that I like every single person except, like, George Clooney who played Batman. Michael Keaton's iconic, even though I never really enjoyed his performance as much as everyone says I should. It was okay. I think it's more just by that overall nostalgia. Uh, Val Kilmer, I think, really killed it in uh, Batman uh, Forever. That movie hasn't aged well, like, at all. I think it's really rough, but at the same time, it's not as bad as every... It's not as bad as Batman and Robin, so it's like, I think it gets some passes. It's a really kind of goofball fucking movie. And there are some things that I'm like, okay, yeah, this is really hard to justify being a good movie, but I love how bad it is. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Batman Forever, I think George Clooney is the only person I never really liked. And Christian Bale, I think, if he just didn't have that stupid voice, I'd say he was probably the best Batman, but that voice is just so comically bad, I couldn't get past it. But Ben Affleck, I think, was a really great Batman. I know some people probably can't see him as Batman, but I just, I just can't stop seeing him as Batman. I think he did a really good job. He was a lot better than he was in Daredevil, and I think that was just kind of him being like, yeah, this is totally my uh, recompense for it. Charlie Cox definitely kicked ass as Daredevil in the Netflix show, so he had another chance to kind of be a better person. And hey, I think he did a great job as Batman, and I'm really sad he didn't get a chance to fulfill the vision of the third uh, chance of him being a character. Because, you know, Justice League didn't do so great, and now I guess he got kicked out of the uh, entire role of being Batman, so... The new casting is Robert Pattinson. Uh, if you guys don't know, it's the, uh, uh, God, Edward, I think, from Twilight? I don't know. I went to see Twilight, like, a couple times just because I wanted some girls to like me. And, uh, obviously, 
that didn't work. And ironically, the girlfriend I, uh, the girlfriend who I'm definitely intending to marry one day, she's just like, oh yeah, <clears throat> I read them, but I didn't really like them that much. So it was kind of funny that like, you know, just be yourself. Don't try to do something that, um, other people want to do just because you want to try to date them. Never compromise when it comes to really stupid things. If you want people to like you, once you establish who you are and then you like someone for them and they like you for you, then you start compromising some stuff because, you know, you love that person. Never do it before, always do it after. In my personal opinion. Um, anyway, so Robert Pattinson is Batman. I think I can talk about this for a couple minutes because I want to say that I want to give him a chance. I remember when I wasn't super happy that Ben Affleck was Batman and he turned out to be one of the best Batman live action characters I think I've ever freaking seen. And so I'm thinking that Robert Pattinson probably thinking the same thing. Twilight was a long time ago. He was young and kind of silly. Honestly, I'm surprised. I really don't know anyone who really has a career after Twilight. And I mean, if Robert Pattinson can really have a career and be a superhero and be a really well-casted character, then you know more power to him in my personal opinion. Don't just knocked him down. I mean, like, I remember every time we get a character casting, like, I remember when Tom Holland was casted for Spider-Man, and I'm like, hey, this kid looks pretty cool, and everyone was hating him, and people are still not won over by him. But you have to deny that he's got some pretty objectively awesome qualities for a Spider-Man. It helps that he does his own stunts. He's done stage performance. He does his own stunts and stuff like that. I like how he really captures that younger, (coughs) excuse me, essence of Spider-Man. That, like, I feel like that they try to do with Andrew Garfield, but I just, uh, I just couldn't do it. He's just, I think he was too old, and I think, like, Tobey Maguire was too old, but I don't know. They were all, they were, they, I think, like, this is the first time you ever cast a kid who's, like, older than he's actually playing a high schooler, but he actually plays it pretty well. But, you know, it's just, like, sometimes not, not everyone can be J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. There's, there's never going to be as good of a casting as perfect as that. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, like, even sometimes it's like, if he just didn't do a good job, I couldn't probably see him as Iron Man, but he did a fantastic job, so obviously you can see him as that. In general, I'm just saying, like, just don't knock him down before we get a chance to really see him and stuff. I think it's something that's really important. I think this entire, like, this entire time, I think it's like, it's cool because like the 80th anniversary of Batman, um, since I completely forgot to do something about it for this month, maybe next year, because, you know, it'd be the 81st and I like odd numbers anyway, but you know, just don't judge a book by its cover. I mean, I remember when I remember every time someone's like, it's not the same. It's not my character. It's not this. It's like, I understand, but maybe he can bring something to the role or he can even not be Bruce Wayne. If he's like Terry McGinnis and they're just trying to be like, the Ben Affleck Batman is retired. He's being played by Michael Keaton, bringing that whole crazy nostalgia back. He's passing the torch, and it's something that I would really like to see. Like, it can be like, okay, well, something happened at the end of Justice League. He's gotten really sickly. You can just you can play it up that way. It'd be really cool. And, like, Robert Pattinson can be Terry McGinnis or just be a whole other excuse me, character to take up the mantle of Batman. Just because they say he's casted as Batman, they didn't say he's casted as Bruce Wayne. If he is, 
then you know what? Maybe it would be a little bit of a rough call. But I think <coughs> him being a different character, Batman, than uh, Bruce Wayne would be a really cool idea. I honestly think that we should just see what they can do. I mean, honestly, the only character casting I think has been the roughest was Jared Leto as the Joker. And, yeah, honestly, I just don't really like the Joker. Uh, I think he's been really played out. I think the Joaquin Phoenix movie looks great. I would really like to see the Joaquin Phoenix Joker be a part of the DCAU, but I don't think it's going to be the case. Or I would like to see Jared Leto get a better chance besides, you know, getting like maybe 20 minutes, not even, of screen time in Suicide Squad and not be edited down. Like, he was supposed to be the original villain of of the film, and I'm surprised he didn't just keep it that way. Like, I don't know. It would have been really cool to get a more perfect judged picture of it because I don't know I really liked uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor and I think that a lot of people still hate that choice but I think it's actually really creative and interesting but that's just me and I'm just saying like just give him a chance I'm just kind of saying that just because because I mean remember I I, I just think about every other time we said that so and so is going to suck is so and so and they turn out to be not so bad Again, like, I feel like the only person I think that's ever been wasted as a character as perfect opportunity was Ben Kingsley as uh, the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. He could have made an amazing actual Mandarin if they just did it. I'm just saying, like, it would have been amazing. It was a big waste of po- opportunity and potential. I'm not completely mad at how the character went down, but I am actually kind of mad, <laughs> excuse me, about like that they just could have had an amazing performance by this guy, but like they just kind of settle for eh, he's fine. But I think that was just kind of phase two in a nutshell. It was just disappointment the the phase. But you know, neither here nor there. But just give him a shot. I think he'll be fine. It can't be as bad as George Clooney just not giving a fuck. I honestly just can't see it that way. I can't see you any bad or worse than that. From a distance, sixes look like eights, and I get hit, and I hate that shit so much. But anyway, I don't really know where else to go from this entire part right here. But so we'll be right back after these quick messages. Sorry, there's some hair on this microphone. Don't want that to fall in my mouth. That'd be really gross. So we're gonna come back here in a little bit. So just enjoy my little rambling session for about an hour because I have a whole nother show to record after this. So I kind of wish I prepared a little bit more for this. But I'm back on the rambling hour with Ian Han on Truth, Justice, and Ian Han Way. We'll be right back after these fairly assorted messages or not. I mean, you can come back if you want. I'd really like you to. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Truth, Justice, and Ian Han Way. I'm sorry to everyone who's listening uh, pre-recorded or just on the podcast version of this because I keep saying welcome back even though we took like maybe like 10 seconds of a break or something. If you understand why, this is actually a show that is broadcasted live Fridays at 6 p.m. Central Time on AP Radio. Um, Just in case you guys are kind of confused by that. And for those who are listening live, you can find me really anywhere. I'm on Google and Apple Podcasts. I was going to say playlist again because I almost did. That's why I had to prompt myself to re-record. <clears throat> but you can also find me on Spotify if you search up your Justin Anyhan way. I am there. But also, this can all be found on APRadio.net. 
Go to Categories. I'm on many different podcasts now, not only just your Justin Ian Han Way. My new show on Wednesdays, which will be titled Weeb, as in Weeb, with a B, not D, because I don't think that's legal yet in the state of Indiana. <coughs> but I'm also now a uh, permanent member or recurring guest, as Austin wants to call it, on UNU Gaming, something that I think is actually really fun, and I'm actually really happy to be part of another show. Or I'm also on Lizard Liquors um, on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Central to approximately 11.30 p.m. Central, just in case you really, really can't sleep or you really don't want to sleep on a Monday night, listen to, like, five drunk dudes talk about beer for uh, two and a half hours, even though we're, like, we're always consistent despite the fact we always run a little longer. Also, you and you gaming is on Twitch at 1.30 p.m. for a live stream, so go to twitch.com slash show. I think it's you, you, like two U's, and then gaming show. I want to definitely double check on that, but I don't have my phone link to check that out right now because, you know, I'm kind of a stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, me. Anyway, so we had about, you know, a whole another half an hour of show and stuff like that. So. I kind of want to talk about something a little bit more important. This is a little bit not really a real talk, but um, I definitely want to just address this to a lot of people. Uh, Missouri and Alabama just recently um, made it illegal to uh, get abortions or very difficult. I don't know the exact justification for it, but I know they just signed an abortion, like, outlaw bill or something that kind of overturns Roe v. Wade and stuff like that. And I just want to say, you can have whatever religious beliefs you want. I don't care, you know? And I think that's the beauty of this country, is that you can come over here, you can practice whatever you want, you can say whatever you want, but yet, that should always be separate. Religion should always be separate from your government because the thing about religion versus government or politics, period, is that politics should always be a more black and white kind of interpretation. And I don't mean it like everything has to be a certain way. You can be a Republican and maybe not have a gun you, or not be a fucking idiot. You could also be a leftist, barely bleeding heart liberal, but you might also be totally for guns, or you might have thought of voting for Trump, which I don't condone at all, but you can do whatever the hell you want, and that's the beauty of it. You have that freedom to do whatever you want, and I think that's the most important thing. Unfortunately, when it comes down to something like this important, I don't condone the ability when someone tells me what to do because your religion says so. You can do whatever the hell you want. Just don't tell me what to do. And that's the main reason that I am no longer a religious person. I have a personal relationship with God, but it's between me and him. I don't have to go to some fucking stone brick, tax-free fucking building, tax-exempt building, and, you know, to have someone tell me that you're bad and you should feel bad for being this way. I'm like, you know, if God gave me free will, I'm going to extend my fucking free will. I'm not just saying that. 
Because, you know, I'm honestly not a bad guy. I might not go to church every Sunday, but, you know, it's like, oh, you're breaking a commandment. It's like, I keep holy the Sabbath day, whatever I want to do. It's like, you know, if it means keep holy, it doesn't mean go to church on Sunday. It just means keep holy. I don't work on Sunday. I made it very clear that I'm like, you know what? If that's what he wants me to do, if he wants me to be the, the day of rest, then it shall be the day of rest. And then you don't go anywhere. You don't do anything. Stuff like that. And I just hate when people are trying to, like, justify their shittiness or something along those lines. And I think that Alabama and Missouri have been just completely influenced by, you know, religion. And I think it's just a shame. I um, I know I'm a little late on this, but never tell someone what to do. And I think that she just go with anything saying, don't let your subjective religion, your inter- your description and what your reading of the scripture says don't let it affect the objective nature of life and society that's something I think that everyone should agree upon now you can be completely for pro-life but my thing is I don't care I think it's my it's not your choice to say that you support life but you don't actually do anything now, there are people who are out there who are like, oh, I'm pro-life and I actually really want to help orphanages and I want to help adoption agencies. I want to help people who, you know, aren't properly prepared for pregnancy. And like, yeah, you're the one person of the entire pro-life campaign who's totally for that. Because the thing about the pro-life campaign is that they just care when you're a fetus. They don't care when you're born. And I know this sounds very similar to George Carlin's routine, but it is. It's the, it's the truth. Because if it wasn't a lie, there would be funding for orphanages. There would be funding for these for these adoption agencies and stuff like that. There will be a whole bunch of stuff like that out there. But the thing is, there isn't. There isn't. The orphanages suck. The adoption agencies are probably just as shitty because they kind of have to go through the whole same kind of system. And like, you know, where's all that child support and stuff like that? Like, people sometimes, when they disappear, they fucking disappear. Like, there's no telling on where some people are at. Obviously, it's a lot harder to disappear nowadays because you have your phone and shit. But that's a thing. You don't know, you'll never know, and shit like that. And it's just that, you know... They don't, there's no, all these mothers out there, you know, like, everyone's like, okay, well, they're with the mom, they're they're with their mom, their grandma's taking care of the kid, because, like, these kids are in in fucking grade school or high school, it's like, I'm sorry, but, like, if you're under the age of 18, and you are just in school full-time, I don't think you should have to keep that kid. Obviously, it was a mistake, you guys just, you know, got a little, you know, a little too rambunctious, and now there's a kid. It's a life ruiner. And I remember that there was this priest who used to be, like, this kind of sort of principal, which also, by the way, don't let priests be principals. I'm just saying that's a real, that's fucking asking for trouble, in my opinion, because it's like, again, separation of church and state. Like, principal isn't a political place, but it's something that, like, you know, you're going to be basing your religion on an entire thing. Like, it's one thing to be a Catholic school principal and a whole other thing to be a priest and a principal. That just doesn't, that just rubs me the wrong way in so many different ways. But the thing that gets to me more than anything else is the thing he told me that um, if 
a ch- of a girl if, 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 if someone got pregnant he would expel he not only would he expel the girl but he would expel the boy and i thought this was really actually kind of a screwed up kind of situation not because oh well the guy's not pregnant no no not not that at all god no that you just kicked out two kids in school like you're not going to help them what i thought you were pro life so uh why uh why did you kick him out Shouldn't shouldn't the church be helpful? Shouldn't the church, you know, give them the resources? Shouldn't they help these these kids out? Because obviously you're not going to support an abortion, but at the same time, you're going to try to tell me and justify your reasoning for kicking them out. There is no justification for kicking these people out. This is absolute bullshit. I honestly was so fucking pissed off at this guy, which is really awkward because, like, he was my islam teacher he was a former catholic priest i forgot his name i'm not gonna call him out on any of that stuff but like it upset me that he tried to justify ruining these two kids life when their lives were already kind of in the shit anyway so now they have to go find a new fucking school because like oh well they made a mistake because you guys hate contraceptives you guys don't want condoms you guys don't want birth control you guys don't want any of that shit so Whenever these kids, you know, because, you know, hormones are going to take over. They're going to win. They didn't win with me because nobody wanted my hormones all over them. Nobody wanted that until I got into college. That's a whole different beast. I can find, I can buy that shit by myself now. But the thing I'm trying to point out here is that they didn't have that available at the time. And when you get that shit kicked out, it just... It's just like when you outlaw that stuff, and then if the pregnancy happens, and it's like, okay, bye. We don't want to support you. Don't have that abortion, but we will not support you for anything else. How on earth is that pro-life? Because not only did you ruin, not only did you help ruin further two lives, potentially a third, because now, like, okay, my kid, my parents got kicked. My, my parents both got expelled their junior or senior year, you know, right before graduation. Cool. And stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, God. Thanks. Thanks, religion. Thanks, the Catholic Church. Like, it's just stuff like that. It's like, that's where the overall underlying things lay. Like, you can be pro-life and be against abortion if you really want to help people. I don't give a shit. But just understand that you are literally the only people. You are the very few out there who actually wants to help these people. But the 99% people who are pro-life can give a fuck about other people and give a fuck about everything else that's just that's just the very very sad and shameful truth i'm not trying to say it's a bad thing i mean it is actually a bad thing i'm not i'm not trying to say like you can do whatever the fuck you want i don't care you know because that's my whole point about pro-choice and why that's important i choose not to make a big deal about it because it's not a big deal i have that choice but at the same time, I chose to understand that it's not my decision to make someone else's decision for them. It's not my call. If I was in that prince, if I was in that priest's shoes, I would actually help them out. I would let them stay. I would let them graduate. I would let them do whatever they needed to. And I would also, you know, like I would go to their soup kitchen if we had a soup kitchen connected to our, if we had a church connected to our school, which most do. Um, 
and I would help them out. I would give them the baby clothes. I'd help them out with diapers. I'd help them out with baby food. I'd help them out with anything that just came their way. Any donation at all. Like, it would just be like, it would save them so much money and save them so much time. Because now it's like bad enough. It's like, if you were actually pro-life, you would help these kids out. You would help these parents out and be like, okay, well, maybe you get sponsored by this, get sponsored by that. Like, maybe have some people donate stuff. Like, have the Catholic Church be like, okay, come together and let's help this child into this world. Nope. For those first nine months as a fetus, it's like, well, you know, we must take care of it. We must make sure it's born. And as soon as it's born, as soon as it starts crying, all that support's gone. It's all gone. And that's exactly why I hate pro-life. And that's exactly why I'm pro-choice, because I, you can choose whatever the hell you want to do. It's like, if you want to have that abortion, I don't care. I choose not to care, because it's not my decision to do whatever the you If you think it's an important thing to have an abortion, if you think it's an important decision for you, then you do go do it. I'm not going to stop you. I shouldn't stop you. If I woke up one day throwing up and realized that there was going to be another grow, living, growing being growing inside me, first of all, I'm a guy. That's not supposed to happen. But if guys had the ability to be, if, if and I'm just saying the, the hard truth, if guys had the ability to become pregnant, Abortions would be legal. That's all I gotta say. That's that's the that's the that's the that's the, that's the, that's the true painful truth. If guys got pregnant, they would be totally legal, and that's 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 just that's just that's just life right there, and it's it's just, it's an honest shame. I mean, like, I'm a 23-year-old kid who has, like, 24 followers on Twitter, and I don't, and I just, I just, you know, started following people who are just so against this stupid shit and, like, being like, I want to call these people brave. I want to call these people, like, heroes of mine because they're not afraid to say that they had an abortion. I mean, honestly, it's like you're saving that kid more than, you know, never having him come into existence to begin with. If you are not prepared, I cannot make that decision that you are ready. The only time I would ever probably be vocal about it is if it was my kid and I think I'm ready. And then someone taking them, my wife or girlfriend would take that option away from me. And it would be really heartbreaking, but it would be like, it's still the end of the day, not my decision. I would have an, I would have more of an input. I would have more of a right to at least an input about it. But at the end of the day, it's her body. If she thinks it's wrong, then it's wrong. But pro-life doesn't care. And they're never going to care. And I think that's just a shame. Because. Because that's just the kind of world we live in. We care until it's. We care because it's convenient for us. We care because we get to tell people what to do. We care because it's an agenda we want to push. So that everyone can be like us. Even if they don't like it, they have to conform because we don't because they don't want to go to jail, do they? And it's like Yeah, sure, whatever. And it's like everyone talks about like there was this fun article about like on Fox uh Fox's website, it was like the real victims of Jesse Smollett's uh crime is about five hundred fifty five hundred people in Chicago or fifty five crimes that could have had 
police intervention if it wasn't for him you know causing the department to be stretched so thin trying to figure this shit out because they didn't want anything like that to happen and when they wasted his time like 5500 victims from different you know different many different crimes like murders shootings accidents carjacking sexual assault you name it under that entire umbrella it's like well now because of this we had to basically negate 5,500 probably other people because we're so stretched thin. Think about the amount of victims that pro-life actually is doing. You are damning children who are not prepared for this world, who are parents who are not prepared for them. Coming into this world and having them just scrape by already at a disadvantage and if these parents are too young, I mean, like, I remember going to school on the bus, and, like, I saw girls who were younger than me with, like, a four, with two kids, like, three, four, or five-year-old kids. And it was so ridiculous. I'm like, these kids are, like, maybe 16. I'm 19. And... Yeah, I don't know. It was it was just breathtaking to see this, and I'm like, because abortion is probably outlawed over here, or it's frowned upon, or like the family's gonna disown him because like, oh, you killed my grandbaby. It's like, your daughter is 16. You want a grandchild already? Really, the kid just started being maybe technically considered a grown up maybe about a couple minutes ago, because she's now a single mother because the the dad's obviously a fucking bum because he's a fucking high schooler. He's obviously a fucking bum. No offense. And you just see all that stuff, and it's just like all these kids, like, God knows where they're at right now. Who knows if they even survived? Who knows if the mom is okay? Who's to say that she's not working some dead-end fucking minimum wage job for the rest of her life because she can't go to college because she has this fucking kid? Because her parents probably had her too young and didn't get a chance to prepare her so that she can't now become someone better and trying to move out of the shitty neighborhood they're in. Millions upon millions of people in this country are probably victims of it because some asshole who humps a Bible told you you can't have an abortion or you can't have you have to bring this child into the world. Even though we're not going to take care of it, you have to bring it in here and then it's your responsibility. And that's the thing. It's like you just police, you tell us what to do but we won't help you at all. So why are you telling me what to do? Why are you telling all these people what to do? Why are you trying to give him the whole thing like, oh, God will hate you forever? Then you know what? Let him hold a grudge. Okay? Let him hold a fucking grudge. Because I can tell you right now that anyone out there who has an abortion I think is a hero. You're doing this child, this unborn child of service. You might think maybe later when you have a kid, you might feel better. You might feel bad that that firstborn might not have happened. But at the same time, when you think of yourself, okay, now I have a job. I have a career that I'm proud of, that I have enough money. I have someone who loves me and we actually plan this child versus I was 16. We were drunk because, you know, we drank at a party we weren't supposed to go to. My boyfriend of like, maybe a year or two when we were like, you know, we're still children. We can barely drive, let alone we can't vote, so let alone have a kid. And I think it's just, you just have to put it in the perspective. It's like, 
think of you at 16. Maybe life was simple back then, but you know, life isn't simple anymore. Maybe it was just, maybe that was, just, maybe that was a norm. You got, you got knocked up at the end of the, you got knocked up at 18 after high school. You had a kid. That's your life. Your husband works at the steel mill. Fucking over. I get it. It's not the case anymore. People have careers. People have lives they want to live. And they are not trying to have their lives ruined because you don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. You don't want any of that shit to happen or go down. And it's really depressing when you see that happen and it's like, oh, well, we're poor old life. We have to have this happen. We have to do this. We have to. It's like, you don't have to do shit. I'm sorry. I think it's absolutely depressing that we live in this world that we are still having to deal with this stuff. That we have this older generation that comes from a simpler time trying to try to simplify things or try to complicate things in a complicated time. Like if <coughs> like what's next? Gay marriage is against the Bible so we should rectify that even though it has only been legal for like three years. Look at all the horrible things that are happening. Really? We have a mass shooting like what every week now in this country and guns are still okay. We have hate crimes up the ass. We have a psychopath in the White House spewing bunch of bullshit and that's okay. But someone who's unprepared to have a kid or have been raped from either someone they don't know or even worse some family member and they have to fucking just deal with it. Stop controlling women. Women brought you in this world. I think they have the right to say they want to bring you in or not. Not just because they, they I mean, they, they hold all the cards. I'm surprised that we didn't live in a women-based society. Honestly, I think we can do a great, great things with a female president. Just someone with a fucking head on her shoulders. Just, I think we just, that's what we really need. We just need a whole bunch of people just with, with brains. And I think it's something that's really important. I think it's not because of the party lines anymore. I think we just need some people who just aren't fucking stupid. You can be whatever freaking party you're from as long as you understand that, you know, just let people do what they want. Stop controlling people. It's not your life to control. It's their life to control. And I have as much of a right to do it than you do. I mean, if I want to screw up my life, I can screw up my life all by myself. I don't need someone to do that for me. And if someone wants to say to take their life back in their own hands, they have that right to do it. And again, I think anyone who had an abortion, I think is a hero of mine because against all odds, they still did what they thought was right to do. And I completely agree with I understand that that might be controversial and stuff like that, but who cares? You know, so is taking away someone's ability to take that decision. If they want to live with the fact that people hate them and stuff because they killed an unborn child, it's like, yeah, then let them deal with that on their own. You don't have to give take that away from them. In my personal opinion, I think it's totally fine because it's their choice. It's their body. Why Why do we have to tell them what to do? It makes no sense to me. And, uh... It's really ironic that these people are trying to say that, oh, they're like Christ, but 
you know, Christ wouldn't care. Christ would understand. And he would actually help, you know, these families out who need it. You know, instead of just saying like, oh, well, you know, at least you had him. At least you had the kid. Well, great. What do I fucking win? (laughs) What do I fucking win? Besides just a life full of hell for this kid. Take it for somebody who, you know, was given a pretty great life. And sometimes even wish he hadn't had that gift and had it given to somebody, you know, more deserving of it. My life is great. And I'm very fortunate that my parents were ready. They were in their 30s when they had me. And even sometimes it's just like, maybe sometimes you wish they didn't, but that's neither here nor there. But you see it in that kind of regard, and it's like, I could have been a lot worse off. And then you look at some people, and you see what worse off looks like. And then you read podcasts and watch stuff like this and say that, you know, Coincidentally, whenever the abortion rate went up, the uh, crime rate went crime rate went down, and it's like, yeah, because there's not enough people, you know, taking these chances for these kids or doing things because they want their kids to grow up and be fine. It's like, you know, there's stuff like that out there in this world, and it just kind of goes to show that you know, don't listen. Being, being pro life is the most ironic thing I think you can ever be. I mean, I'm pro-choice, and I have the choice to be, I'm, I'm for life. If life is well-prepared for these people, as prepared as they can be. Not anything lower or higher. So don't tell people what to do. Plain and simple. And that's really kind of my uh, soapbox I will uh, gladly put to the side now. Um, sorry that it got a little more melodramatic than I wanted it to get. But um, I really think that I needed to talk about that because I didn't get a chance to. Uh, so, yeah, that was a pretty fun uh, way to start the Memorial Day weekend. But to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me uh, rant a little bit. It's been something that's been kind of bothering me for a little bit. Um, have a great and safe Memorial Day weekend. Make sure don't drink and drive. It's not worth it. It's freaking Memorial Day of all things. Just have a great time, enjoy yourself, and just be smart, be safe, and all that other great stuff. And this has been another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. My name is Ian Hand, and I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and try to stay wet, try to stay dry out there in the Midwest, and let's just pray that those rain clouds just walk past us, or that we just get in between them and have a great time cooking out. I know I'm going to on Sunday, so... Eat those burgers, drink them beers, and do what you do best. Have fun, be safe, and I will see you guys next week. And again, for all those who are listening on the podcast, please listen to me live. Join me live. I'm on Fridays. Listen to us live broadcast. We're on Fridays at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time. And I am also on all over the place on on, uh, AP Radio now. And don't forget that I am also on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at IanHan11. This has been Truth, Justice, and Ian Han Way, and this is Ian Han officially signing off. Take care, guys, and I will see you guys next week, or just click on the next episode.
They're that old now. Take care.